You are locked in to Locked on Badgers on a Monday, draft day Monday, the day after the Thursday through Saturday 2021 NFL draft, where a ton of Badgers, a ton of Badgers either were taken or signed on Saturday. It was a very, very busy day for Wisconsin football, including two players going back to back in the NFL draft. You don't often see that, especially this late in the process. We'll get into every single player taken or picked up, every single fit with their new team in this draft special. My name is Asher Lowe, joined by Ben Kenny. We are the team over at BadgersWire.com. I am a play-by-play broadcaster for Badger Sports, covering basketball mostly over at BadgersWire, where Ben handles more of the football side at BadgersWire.com, powered by USA Today Sports. But most importantly, of course, we are your hosts right here on the Locked On Badgers podcast, bringing you the insider student perspective filled with stats, special guests, all things Badger Sports. Drop a review, listen and follow if you're on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that follow button, drop a review, five-star review, hopefully. Ben, it was a really fun weekend to watch, a great Saturday of a ton of Badgers going and then getting signed, including... My Raiders being involved a little bit. So I was excited about that with Garrett Groshek headed to Las Vegas. I'll mention that first before we get started. That Garrett Groshek is a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. The Groshek Ingold connection is alive and well in Sin City. Ben, what were your overall feelings about Saturday's selections? What a weekend, dude. I'm I'm wiped. Have you have you seen before we start? Have you seen the Bill Burr rant on the NFL draft? No, but give me a synopsis. Pretty much, he says, anybody who watches the draft wire to wire, we're talking Thursday night, Friday, and then all of Saturday, is just a complete psychopath because it's like going to someone's graduation, some college graduation, without knowing anyone who's graduating. Because the list all comes out the next day. Whoever sits. That that I strongly disagree with that metaphor. I agree that you're a psycho if you watch the draft start to finish. I totally agree with that. But to say it's like a college graduation where you don't have any kids, but it's your team picking. You're waiting for your team to pick. And that kind of feels like your child up there, not graduating. It's a weird comparison, but you have some stake in it. It's not like it's a random college that you're watching these random kids walk on. That's not what it is. You have your team picking every like so often. Yeah, you're right. But he, he says it in a funny way. But I mean, I am that guy to watch all of you Thursday. Watch, all okay, of yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't. The entire that. time. No and way. I'm wiped. It's one of my favorite weekends, but I'm I'm emotionally wiped. But takeaways from it, I mean, we'll get into it, but it took until the fifth round for a Wisconsin Badger to get picked. That was Isaiah Loudermilk to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That broke a 28. Now I saw this and it was crazy. A 28-year streak. Wisconsin has had someone drafted in the first four rounds. That ended with Isaiah Loudermilk going in the fifth, being the first Badger. But we'll get into it. I, I think they all landed in pretty much the perfect spots for their NFL careers. So let's get into the fits of, we started with Loudermilk. You just mentioned him, but Loudermilk, Rashad Wild Goose to the Bills. We have Cole Van Landon to the Green Bay Packers. Those two going back to back, which was pretty awesome to see. And then a ton of undrafted free agents. Garrett Groshek to the Raiders, Dietz into the Packers, Burrell to the Saints, Stocky to the Carolina Panthers. Well, let's start with the three, and we'll focus on these three, uh, the three draft picks in Loudermilk, in Wild Goose, and in Van Lennon. And let's start with Isaiah Loudermilk a little bit. So a guy where Pittsburgh takes him at 156 overall, round five, and a guy that Pittsburgh's taking to do multiple things, 
He's not necessarily a one-trick pony. Really good against the run. Stuffs, uh, stuffs the line, but doesn't have flashy numbers. And a big reason for that, as we've talked about before leading up to this draft, is the system he plays in. Doesn't really allow him to have huge sack numbers or anything of that sort. And you don't often see a bunch of Wisconsin defensive linemen go in the NFL draft. Maybe that's one of the reasons, but uh, it's a defense set up around its linebackers and its speed at that position uh, and its secondary as well. And so how, how do you see him transitioning to the NFL? Where do you see him fitting best in Pittsburgh? Well, the, the Steelers actually traded up to draft him. So the two things before you even get into the fit is that Pittsburgh spends a fifth round pick on him, which means that they value his skill set and they think he'll come in and have a role. But they traded a 2022 fourth round pick, I believe, to even get into the fifth round to take Loudermilk. So first takeaway is that Pittsburgh, even though it's the fifth round, Pittsburgh really values who he is as a player and they wanted him. And you move on to the fit and it really makes sense why. So I'll say this in football terms and I'll say it in normal English after. So Pittsburgh plays this kind of 3-4 hybrid defense. It's not the set 3-4 scheme we see at Wisconsin. 3-4 meaning you have three down linemen up front, four linebackers. They play this hybrid where depending on the play call, it could be a 3-4 look or it could be a 4-3, as in four down linemen, three linebackers. So that really asks their defensive linemen up front to be versatile and kind of move around. Now, they're doing similar roles, but the looks that they give are different. And for Loudermilk to fit into this scheme, now they have Cameron Hayward, one of the best defensive ends in football, and Stephon Tuitt, seven-year vet, super good player. They have the core where he's not going to come in and start, but him kind of moving into this scheme, it's similar to Wisconsin's in that Loudermilk isn't going to get the sack numbers there. We know what TJ Watt does. We know what Bud Dupree does. But the way that he can play inside, play the run, and be productive no matter what they ask him to do, whether it's being a 3-4 defensive end, kind of having an outside linebacker to his side, or a 4-3 defensive tackle, kind of moving more inside with a defensive end, more edge rusher on the side. He's shown that he's great at that, and I think he'll be productive. He's not going to start, but him going into this scheme where he can come in, stop the run, you know, show his versatility on the line. I think it worked out perfectly. And moving on to the back-to-back selections, we'll start with Wild Goose. We'll get into Van Landen a little bit later in the show, but Rashad Wild Goose going to the Buffalo Bills. There were some awesome tweets from Buffalo Bills media about like they, they were putting Buffalo Bills front office people's heads onto people that were catching wild geese. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that Twitter banter that I saw. Round six, pick 213 overall. The Wisconsin cornerback Rashad Wild Goose is headed to Buffalo. Ben, you like the fit? I do. Not necessarily as much as Loudermilk because Loudermilk's fit is like a match made in heaven for what he could do. But while this com- Wild Goose comes in, I mean, he's a really instinctive, aggressive cornerback that has improved every year at Wisconsin. We talked about it in his draft preview, but he hasn't really had the time to blossom yet. He joins a loaded Buffalo secondary where he doesn't need to come in and start right away. You have Tredavious White, one of the best corners in football, Levi Wallace, two great safeties. But if the Bills have shown one thing, it's an ability to draft defense, improve their defense, develop defenders, especially in the secondary, and their mindset on defense, it's an aggressive one. You know, he's going to a a Buffalo city that's, I don't want to say similar to Madison, 
But the the Bills defense kind of plays similar to the Badgers, where it's a cold weather, hard nosed defensive team. And he has that mindset to come in. And I think this is where he could blossom. His mindset fits in perfectly to what the Bills want to do on defense. And most importantly, he's going to have some time to develop under some of the best cornerbacks in football to then eventually, you know, find go into a starting role or even play nickel when when they need it. Ben, today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. And I want to ask you, did you have any of those weird NFL draft props that are out there while you were watching the three-day event? I did. I went one for two. And the one for two were? I went, I, I think his name is Elijah Vera Tucker. I'm not sure. The oh, Jets. Elijah Vera Tucker from USC? Yeah, yeah, so I had him under 16 and a half. The Jets actually traded up to 14 to get him. So that hit that pick. But then I had Penny Sewell pretty much going to the Bengals. That didn't happen. And I had Asante Samuels Jr. going under 35-ish range. That didn't happen. But it was fun. I'll tell you this. The Phillies and the Brewers this week. I'm in for an interesting treat. All right. What what are we doing at betonline.ag? So, I mean, I, I have said on this podcast before that I'm betting Brewers games to watch and increase my fandom. I need to take a backseat this week. But if you want to bet it, Bet Online is your fastest and your easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, even this series, even though I will not be talking about it for the next four days. The baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of other sports action as well. You have the NBA regular season coming to a close. You can get all of your news, odds, and info MLB, NBA, NHL, even UFC, MMA, golf. Before the next pitch, go over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check it. Check out all the great news, sign-up bonuses, contest information, all the lines you need. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So it was a big, big weekend for the Packers. We're not going to get in. That's for locked on Packers and Peter. We're not going to get into Rogers on this show. You can find locked on Packers wherever you get your podcast. And I strongly recommend checking it out right now if you haven't already. And I know we have a lot of crossover listeners. So definitely check out what Peter's doing with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. But another Packers story, maybe a little bit hidden after a wild weekend for Rogers and the Pack was that Cole Van Lannen is headed to Green Bay, Wisconsin to Green Bay, and he's from Green Bay originally. So an awesome story for Cole. Six-round pick, 214 overall, right after Rashad Wild Goose to a team that most teams in the NFL can say this, but I think the Packers also would say this, that it needs offensive line depth. Yeah, a perfect consolation prize for the Packers missing on Jim Leonard a couple months ago. Oh, man. Okay. 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 I've already, I've already gotten bashed before for making this an anti-Packers pod. This is not an anti-Packers pod. It's not anti. It's a I good consolation prize. Not, Listen, not if I, we love the Packers on this show. We love them. We love Listen, them. It, bold. No, I, I, I meant that wholeheartedly. If I told you after the 2018 season, this is when Van Lannon was PFF's best offensive tackle in the country. If I told you after that year, the Packers would get him in the fifth round or sixth round, you wouldn't believe a word that that I say. But he was. But the he reality was a is possible second round pick. I mean, like exactly it, that year after that year, we were like, okay, one more year of that, he's going to be like a second round pick. 
maybe even late first. I mean, he was that that good. Exactly. And and unfortunately, injuries really hindered his play. He ended up playing through the injuries, which is pretty impressive. But you really saw the play kind of kind of dwindle off as those years went on. To me, I think he moves to guard at the next level. I don't think he has the foot speed or the kind of flexibility to deal with NFL pass rushers on the outside. And I mean, you just look at it from from bird's eye point of view, a Wisconsin offensive tackle moving north, playing for the in-state Packers like that's a match made in heaven. They get him in the sixth round. This is a guy that he doesn't they don't need him to start right away. He's not ready to start right away. He'll be productive in the run game, even if you put him on the field tomorrow. But he still has a lot of work to do in pass protection. And I think if they move him to guard, I think he could work his way into the rotation a couple years from now. But in the sixth round, getting a Wisconsin offensive lineman like Van Lannon, I think it's a great pick for the Packers. And for him, I mean, he's talked about it, but he's thrilled with the fit. So speaking of fits with offensive linemen to Green Bay, John Dietzen is also headed to the Green Bay Packers. An amazing story. Retired. So cool. After the 2018-19 season and did not play in the 2019 campaign and then came back for this 2020 year, returned to the game of football, started for Wisconsin, played well for Wisconsin overall. and Played like three different positions. Yeah, has now been picked up after the draft by the Green Bay Packers. So two Wisconsin offensive linemen headed to Green Bay. Do you like Dietzen's chances of making the roster? I mean, any undrafted free agent that signs is going to face an uphill battle, unless you're a kicker or a punter or a specialist, or maybe a fullback. That's not an easy job either, because like I feel like those guys are competing against seven or eight guys as well, and only one or maybe two make the roster in general. Yeah, but you see those guys like if because they don't usually get drafted. So you see a lot of them go as undrafted. Well, as a Raider fan, I, I do beg to differ that that <laughs> kickers being first round picks have, have a great track record. Uh-oh, yeah, that worked out. Concerned. Yeah. Ugh, what a joke. Um, I I don't want to say I think he makes the roster, but given everything he's been through and given what the last year has been like coming back to play, playing three positions on the line, playing well, all that during a pandemic. I'll say his stock is trending upward. I don't want to say that I think he'll make the roster because it's way too early to say that, but he has the experience. He has the skills. I, I'll say his stock is trending in the right direction, but we'll see come August. I'll tell you who I think has the best chance of making a roster out of these four. And I don't even think it's close. Eric Burrell will be a New Orleans Saint. Absolutely. He's a draftable player too. Like he should have been drafted by somebody, but he will be a saint in a, on a defense, by the way, that has not played well in, in a while. They had good moments this year compared to other years. Cause they were like for the last 10 years, there's been a few years in there where they have been like a real disaster, like the worst defense in the NFL disaster. I don't think they were, if I, my memory serves me correctly. I don't think they were quite that bad. Listen to this year, listen to locked on saints with Ross Jackson to get the full details, but well, they were one of, they were one of the best defenses in football last year. Right. But they, tailed off at the end of the year. And I mean, against like, I think it was the two games against the Bucks. What did they allow? I mean, that, that regular season game against the Bucks, they got torched. That might've been week one. Uh, and then in the playoffs, they uh, got torched. So I just, I think Eric Burrell also is just an NFL player. Like I think almost anywhere he goes, he makes the roster. 
he comes from a defense, right, where he was trained at the top, where he was on the best defense in college football for a long period of time last year. He's started for multiple years in that defense. He was uh, the leader time. of that defense. Absolutely was the leader of that defense. A guy that everybody looks up to, mature, uh, smart, and hard hitter. Uh, he's going to be a really, really good NFL player, and he will make this roster. Yeah, I'll say this. When you're an undrafted free agent, especially at the safety position, now look, this is a Saints defense with Marcus Williams and Philadelphia Eagle legend Malcolm Jenkins, two studs at safety. But if you're an undrafted free agent. some really bad moments this past year, if, I, if my, my memory serves me correctly as well. Yeah, he's a stud in my eyes, though. Didn't he have some really bad moments? All right, you can keep going. Whatever. If you're an undrafted free agent, especially as a safety, a lot of times you have to make your mark on special teams because he's not going to come in and be part of the safety rotation. If he was, he would have been drafted. So him coming in, he's going to need to make his mark on special teams. And I really think that he can. He has the character for it. It's something that Wisconsin always does before you start on defense, before you even start. I think at a lot of positions, you have to make a mark on special teams. So him coming out of this program to go, I mean, that's where he'll find his role as a rookie. But I, I think he's a lock to make the roster. I'll say one more thing. You know who's going to start for the Saints next year? Who's going to start for the Saints? Zach Bond? Zach Bond. Yeah, I thought so. you were going to say that. And I agree. I agree with that. So now the one NFL team I can actually talk about where I sound like I know what I'm doing and what I because I, I actually watch every single one of their games. The Las Vegas Raiders getting Garrett Groshek after the fact. John Gruden loves these types of guys. Like it's a classic <laughs> Gruden. It is. It's a classic Gruden pickup. He's a Gruden grinder. He really is. Just, just classic. But I don't think he will make this Raider roster. I think at the running back position, and listen, he wouldn't really make the roster to get carries, obviously, right? But there are so many guys that, that I mean, so many different guys we have that kind of fill in roles already that I just oh, they're really loaded, see it. loaded at running yeah, back. It, yeah. So he's not right. He's not going to get carries. Even if he makes the roster. Josh Jacobs is the one. Richard comes in as that off speed and then Kenyon Drake, we'll see where he factors in this year. I'm sure he's going to have a role, uh, but it'll be Josh one Richard two, in, in my mind, at least because Richard is a better compliment to Josh Jacobs than Kenyon Drake. Theoretic too. And theoretic's the great, the best pass catching back probably in the entire list of those four guys. So where does Groshek really fit in? Alec Ingold has found his role. He's on the team. He's found a great role in Vegas. He gets the ball in those fourth and one third and one situations. He blocks well in the red zone He's really found a nice role for himself in the NFL. I don't quite know what Groshek's role is on this special team, teams, uh, but it would have to be special teams. And I just don't know if there's even enough room for him there on this roster, but we'll see. I'm rooting for him. Obviously I need Groshek. And I tweeted this out. I need Groshek lining up under center and I need a fourth and one fourth and goal from the one Raiders down six going for the win. Grosh Cat comes out, lines up under center, hands it off to Alec Ingold. Touchdown, Raiders. How about, like a, how about like a little Tim Tebow jump pass? I would be okay with that as well. Quarterback in high school. That as well. But I'd rather have a Groshek either fakes the handoff and takes it himself, fakes it to Ingold, or gives it to Alec Ingold. A little read option between Groshek and Ingold. I think it's the most unstoppable play in the NFL to gain, to gain just one yard. You're not going to gain two, but if you need one yard, that could be one of the most unstoppable plays in all of the National Football League. Yeah, because there's no one else on the Raiders because 
all, all Gruden and Mayock do is just watch Clemson and Alabama play in the finals and then draft whoever they see in that game. That is, that is true. We like winners, Ben. We like winners. We don't like <laughs> to win, but we like winners. Speaking of a winning combination, Built Bar is the best protein bar in the game. It keeps me winning at the gym, given that post-workout pump, get Built Bar in, get my best flavors going with my variety box, Cherry Barcia, Banana Bread, all the good stuff at Built Bar. And the best part about it is the nutritional value. You look at the back of that bar, and a lot of the times you'll see you know, ingredients you don't recognize, nutrition facts that kind of scare you that look like you're eating a Hershey's bar instead of a protein bar. That's not what Built Bar is. 150 to 180 calories a bar, around 18 grams of protein per bar on average, and under five grams of sugar. Ben, this thing is packed with protein, fantastic flavors, and you can get 15% off your next order with the code LOCKED15. LOCKED15, BuiltBar.com. Get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar in the game. Let's wrap up this NFL draft special. We'll look to next year in tomorrow's episode, so stay tuned for that. We'll be looking at the 2022 draft and how some different Badgers fit in. I want to wrap up the NFL draft special with something that you started with, Ben, a little bit in that last segment. What year two guys should we be looking at? And, and what will the year two guys do, whether it be Jonathan Taylor, Quintez Sebas, you already started talking about Zach Bond. Let's do a little quick note on these guys starting their second years, the sophomores, if you will, from the Wisconsin Badger 2020 class in the draft. Wait, you, you forgot the biggest drafted free agent lock to find a role in the NFL. Did I forget Mason Stockey? We forgot Mason Stocky. You can stock. You can talk about Mason Stocky, but I see. See Stocky. I love Stocky, but a whole Stocky segment. That, that's a lot. A lot to fill. So let's go Stocky, and then we'll talk about. We'll each talk about one guy that we think is going to take a step forward next year on their respective teams as a as a year two guy out of Wisconsin. But start with Mason Stocky. Yeah, I'll go quick. So Stocky lands with Carolina after the draft. I was a little surprised he wasn't drafted. I saw some some uh, Big Ten fullbacks taken towards the end of the draft, but. If there's a team signing a fullback after the draft, that means that they want them on their team. Mason Stocky is one of the best run blockers, pass blockers, carriers of the football, receivers, pretty much all around fullbacks that you'll find coming out of college at this point. I think the Panthers signing him signals like either they, they're going to utilize him or they're going to find a fullback. And I think he is the inside track to find that job. So, Back to what I was talking about before. Let's go into a little bit of next year for year two guys. And you can take Zach Bond. You already talked about it a little bit. I have my guy lined up here that I think is going to make a difference next year and really play a lot more. Not start, but play a lot more, whether it be special teams or wherever he goes. I think he's going to play next year quite a bit on a defense that needs all the help they can get. But you started off. Well, I Jonathan Taylor doesn't count, right? Because he's already there. You can count him. He right, I'm not going to grow. Everybody has room to grow. I'm not going to talk mean, about how him. Can he take, you think he can take another beating after, after all the, the tread <laughs> on those tires? Do I think he'll be able to catch the, the however many touchdown passes? Can he, he hold on to a football in general? Like walking down State Street can even hold on to a football with no action around him? Well, I'll tell you what. They have a quarterback a in Indy. You know he is. They have a quarterback in Indy that's going to make it hard for him. Zach Bond. Oh, so, <laughs> Zach Bond going into year two, I believe he was the highest Badger taken last year, or did he go right after Taylor? He, he was, 
Oh man, now you're stretching. He was after Taylor. After Taylor, hundred percent was, was after. He was actually really late. We thought he was going to be the first one off the board. I think he went like seventy something. Yeah, that makes sense. So he was, yeah, he was projected to go like late first, early second. This is a guy that was the most talented defender on the 2019 Badgers. Great pass rusher. He could do everything at the outside linebacker position. He played, he had three starts last year, 15 games, played a lot on special teams. Didn't have that, that many numbers, but now going into this year, he's going to start in a linebacker rotation headlined by Demario Davis, probably the best middle linebacker in football, Patrick Robinson. Oh, I'm sorry. Not Patrick Robinson. Uh, Pete Werner, Marcus Davenport, kind of defensive end. The Saints kind of play a, a 4-3. So you'll have Davis, Pete Werner, and Bond there. More of a stand-up backer as opposed to he was rushing more when he was in college. But he's in for a huge year two jump, especially if he's starting all year. Because we saw at Wisconsin, he has the skills to do everything. He was the only person on the Badger defense that I saw contain Justin Fields. Albeit it was for like a quarter or two. But he was the one that that I saw tackle in the open field. That was a killer. Pretty much, yeah. That was such a killer oh. injury. Yeah, I know. Pretty much, pretty much a a flawless half of football against the best quarterback in the last five, six years in the Big Ten. So I think if if he gets the role, this is going to be a good Saints defense. I think he'll thrive. So I'm going with his partner from the University of Wisconsin, Chris Orr, who I think wow, is, who who made the roster last year after being an undrafted free agent, and then finally started getting some time a little bit later in the season on special teams. Now, the Carolina Panthers have gone all defense. They are all in on trying to make their defense better. And Except all- for Mason Stockey. Yes, true. Although, you never know. He can play both sides of the ball. Uh, yeah. He's got the build to do it. But Chris Orr is a guy that just grinded at Wisconsin to get an opportunity and then grinded in the NFL to get an opportunity, right? Undrafted free agent, but a guy at Wisconsin also – it came off an injury, came back better than ever. It was not a guy that was some NFL lock coming into Madison at all, right? Uh, and really worked, worked, worked to get to where he got to. Nothing but work. Was not a highly, highly recruited player. Uh, never had anything handed to him and then wasn't drafted, right? So it kind of fit with his story. He has now made the team. He is on the team. He is signed. He's a member of the team. Uh, and I think that with his experience he got at Wisconsin, spending all four uh, years there, and then having that senior season where he starred. He was the best player on that defense. Zach Bowe might be the most talented. Chris Orr was the best player that individual year on that defense, in my opinion. Uh, and you That's can argue fair. for Zach Bond as well. But both were fantastic. I think that this is the year where he only gets more opportunities, as he did in weeks 10, 11, 12 uh, in Carolina as the year went on there. I think that he's someone that clearly the coaching staff loves because if you're an undrafted free agent and you make this team, right, and you make a team in the NFL, you're clearly the right guy to have in that locker room because they're not going to sign somebody that is an undrafted free agent that is any problem at all. And having talked to Chris a bunch, met Chris a bunch, he was the most fun interview I ever had my first year covering this team as a student. So nice to us. Like, not everyone gives student reporters the time of day that Chris does. Um, Just literally the sweetest dude ever. Uh, talked about his dog all the time. Like he's just the best. Uh, he's the absolute best and I'm rooting for him, but also his track record, I think shows that he's the guy that can grind his way after a couple of years to an NFL chance. And that's what I, exactly what I think he will do this year in Carolina. He also has the speed and the talent to do it uh, on a team that is focused 
on that side of the football. So Ben, we'll get into more draft stuff uh, and future draft stuff in tomorrow's episode. But as always on Wisconsin. Quick note, I, I, wa- I wanted to close with this because I didn't say it. There's something about Wisconsin players going to the NFL where they're impossible to bet against, where their work ethic, their character, like but you it, see. And that track record is fair. That's not only that's just us being like biased completely. I mean, obviously there are some guys that don't project the way you want them to. And running back in general, by the way, is just a hard position to predict at all. I mean, I, I think it's the hardest position in football. But coming out of the draft, I think it's the hardest one to project. I really do. I mean, they, do you know how many times these teams have gotten it completely, utterly wrong with early running backs versus late running well, backs that you find on day, even on drafted running backs? I mean, well, this is another episode because you should never draft a running back early, but I agree with you. But there's something about these guys coming out, even if they're undrafted free agents, where you bet on them to grind, to make the team, to find a role, because that's what they're taught at Wisconsin. You know, you star on special teams, you star on the defense after. I don't know. There's something about this program and how it how players going to the NFL perform, no matter where they're selected or how they're viewed. That's one of the most impressive things that any other program in the country does. As always, on Wisconsin, we'll be back tomorrow with draft and a whole lot more.